We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And our next man, I've always said, he's more Batman than Robin. And he joins us now in the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, as he does every single Thursday at 520. The great Albert Breer. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. What's happening? So did you see Jim Harbaugh saying he wants him and the Chargers GM to be like Batman and Robin? I did not see that, but that's pretty good. I uh, <laughs> That sounds like Jim. I think he also uh, made like a Shawshank Redemption uh, <laughs> reference, right? Like, uh, I, there were things in there that were very horrible. I think we got all of them today. Uh, is Jim Harbaugh worth $16 million a year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I... Look, you know, I, I think the price tag of coaches, sometimes they're sticker shock, but if you really think about it, like, what is $16 million equal, like, when it comes to a player? It's like what, you know, Derwin James makes or what um, a, a good right tackle, not even a great right tackle, a good right tackle makes, you know? And when you put it in that context and you look at the, the history here and you, you know, like, exactly what you're getting with Jim, which I think is such a big part of it, like you have an idea exactly what it's going to look like. Forget about just the wins and losses. Like you have an idea, like, okay, this is going to look exactly this way. Um, yeah. I just think the certainty that he brings you, or at least as close to you as you can get to certainty in the NFL, um, that he's going to have like this Bill Parcells effect on your organization. I, I, I personally think he's, he's worth every penny of that. Albert, I, I forgot to ask Keith this before the show. Yeah. Are you in, uh, are you in Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl? Not anymore. I'm actually on the. I'm actually in a cab, uh, hustling to make it to my TV spot right now from the airport in Boston. But I was there the last three days. What's what was the buzz then in Mobile this week? Um, I mean, like, there's still so much coaching stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like, so you have the, um, you know, like you have uh, the the Seattle job still open, the Washington job still open, and so you know, like there were so many moving parts there, you know, um, with some of the stuff and, it's, and it hasn't been that way to this degree in the past, just because of the rules, you know, um, the rules really changed things this year and made it so, you know, there was more, I would say there was, there was, there was more, um, waiting. Um, there was more, uh, teams that were kind of going into this with an open mind. There were fewer, like, I would say there were fewer like slam dunks, you know? And so, um, you know, for the first time in a while, like a lot of these coaching searches had lasted right into to senior bowl week. And so, and then there are other, you know, new head coaches that are still filling out staffs. Um, so a lot of moving pieces on that end. And then, you know, as far as the players in the game, I think the quarterbacks always drive that, you know, and, um, I, I don't think it was a great week for the quarterback group there, which may further separate the top guys, you know, the presumed top three um, in some order, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, obviously none of those guys were there. And uh, I think if anything, like you saw maybe those guys separate to you know, take another step forward and separate um, just based on the fact that um, not, none of the guys there this week, whether it's Penix, Knicks, whoever else, really did a ton to distinguish themselves. Albert Breer of the MMQB on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Albert, we, we've spent a 
fair amount this week talking about the decision to fire Alex Van Pelt by the Cleveland Browns and the decision to hire Ken Dorsey. There's a looming decision over play calling duties. And, yeah. and we got into the conversation of does it matter who made that final decision, whether it's Kevin Stefanski or uh, the front office or Paul D. Podesta. So I'll ask you, first off, does it really matter in your opinion who made that decision? And do you have any insight into who made, who might have been the final call on the change at OC and who ends up with play calling? Um, I think it does matter, um, you know, because it can set the table for things going forward. And, you know, like once the front office crosses that line, you know, it's really hard to undo that. Um, and, yeah, I do think the front office had a lot of input in what happened here. And, um, you know, look, like I think there's pressure on Kevin and, and the coaches to get more out of Deshaun Watson. I, I think the concern here would be the role that, that Alex played in that staff and how, in a lot of ways, like, you know, because Kevin is not as outgoing that, like, Alex was kind of the glue guy on that staff, the guy who held everything together. And, um, you know, obviously I, I think there were a lot of, you know, I, I think the reaction from a lot of the, the guys on that staff to the way that certain guys were picked off after the year was kind of like, a, you know, what the what what like what do we do wrong? You know, because you know, obviously they 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 were able to to win eleven games with their fourth and fifth tackles with four different quarterbacks with no Nick Chubb. You know, and um, so I think that there was genuine surprise on the part of some people on the staff that so many coaches lost their jobs and, you know, and that one guy in particular who was such an important piece of holding everything together was one of the guys on the way out. Has getting the most out of Deshaun this season, 2024, has that become as important or even more important than winning next year? Um, well, I mean, look, like if he gets hurt again and you win 13 games or he just plays okay and you win 13 games, um, you know, I, like I'd say it's still fine. You know what I mean? Like where, where it gets tricky is if you're good, not great. Maybe you don't get to the level you were at last year and Deshaun's average, you know, I think that that's where it's like, okay, like, so who are we going to point the finger at? Well, now it's kind of hard to point the finger at the quarterback because you still have him under, um, you know, under a fully guaranteed contract for a couple more years. And that's where, you know, sort of decision-making can, can, can come in where you might say, okay, you know, now we got to do something else. We got to change something else to get him going. That's why he sort of reshuffled offensive co coaches um, in an effort to do that. What's next? You know, and that's the other part is like, uh, if the front office, the ownership, like, is involved in in, in, in in coaching staff changes, well, then, you know, the next level they pull is what the head coach, right? So, and then you know, I, I think the fallout from there is if this if this was not a fully this decision wasn't fully Kevin, well, then isn't that going to make coaching candidates going forward leery about going to Cleveland because they know that, that could happen to them? I think it's sort of a slippery slope. So, you know, there's a lot tied up tied up in, in Ken Dorsey succeeding and Deshaun Watson succeeding in 2024. Albert, how was the Ken Dorsey hiring by the Browns as the OC received around the NFL? I mean, I think it's sort of like a – I really like Ken, but it's sort of run-of-the-mill hiring, you know. I don't. I don't think it's seen as something that's like a coup. Um, and you know, I, I think one of the things that to me was interesting was, okay, so if you want to get more out of Deshaun, do you go to get Tim Kelly? You know, who was with him in Houston, was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee last year. Do you go get 
um, to go get Bill O'Brien, who wound up at Ohio State. I, like that that was the that was the interesting part about it is that they didn't go after somebody who had background with them. Um, but Ken Seen is a good offensive coach. You know, he can run a little hot sometimes, but um, a good offensive coach who obviously has expertise in quarterbacks, played the position. Um, and helped, you know, in Carolina get the most out of Cam Newton and, and Buffalo get the most out of uh, Josh Allen. I think they might want to invest in OtterBox cases for some of their uh, iPads there in Cleveland. That would just be my <laughs> yeah. thing that I would think of. Uh, Albert. Yeah, um, I didn't know if you guys would, would pull that, but that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, – listen there. I've, I've done that to uh, – not phones, um, but trust iPads. Me, I was, uh, trust me, back in the day I was the king of throwing PlayStation controllers <laughs> when I lost an NCAA. So I have a long history of those sorts of things that goes well beyond cell phones. So my dad was the sweetest man in the world, and the only thing that could 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 really get him mad was the uh, the golf game, the PGA Championship golf game on Super Nintendo. And this yeah. this man kept a Super Nintendo for well, I mean, I mean, till the mid two thousands, just for this game. And one day the game like skitzed out in the middle of like a great shot, and my dad got yep. up. My dad's a big guy too, and my dad grabbed the cartridge. And just Hulk smashed it unintentionally. <laughs> and he just and my mom would not let that man forget it. That he the one time he lost his temper that I could remember, it was he smashed his favorite game in the world. And you know how much it cost? This is this is a this is a fifteen year old game when he had to replace. You know how much the, the cartridge cost to replace? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, Albert, of, yeah. of a of a yeah. Super Nintendo game. But yeah. I digress. No, I, I I can remember. Yeah, I mean I, I uh I would say um, I like we had uh, with my like my fraternity house at Ohio State. We the uh, NCAA game like it, when you when you lost to somebody in that like there'd be times where you wouldn't talk to that person for another three <laughs> days. And then we started playing Tiger Woods golf, and we all like agreed that it, we'd make it a gentleman's game. And so we had like a jacket that we passed around, and we shook each other's hands after good shots. And, um, so we tried to keep the golf like above board, but the. Uh, yeah, the NCAA football got way out of control. College kids have no idea what's coming their way. Albert, uh, college uh, campuses or college programs dealing with something new. Jeff Halfley leaving uh, from Boston yeah. College as the head coach to be the D.C. in Green Bay. And one of the, the huge takes was, oh, no, the, the sky is falling. I'm just curious. Do you think that this trend of college coaches heading to the NFL as coordinators is here to stay? I think until things are out of control, under control, they are now. I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, for some some of these programs, it's becoming impossible. And, you know, Boston College, one of them, I you know, obviously live up here, and it's, I mean, like their NIL situation, like they they can do okay, you know, like they can raise money okay, but they can't compete with Florida State, and Clemson, and the ACC, you know, and um, you know, so. I think there there are more and more college programs where, you know, it's it's becoming tougher. And, you know, then on top of that, you think about, like, how out of control recruiting is now and NIL and um, the transfer portal, you know, like what you have to do to keep your kids. Your kid has a great year, and, like, he goes in the portal and he's, you know, if you're at Boston College, maybe going to Texas A&M or Florida State or Ohio State or wherever, you know. Um, it's become, I mean, the lifestyle of the college coach is really affected by all of this, you know, um, you know, and, and so I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys who are at the college level who are frustrated. That there's no guardrails on anything that like, it's just the wild west and, you know, they have to work around the clock. And 
Um, you know, like they don't have, I mean, there's no real time off. And, you know, in, in the NFL, you work a lot of hours, but when you're off, you're off, you know? And, um, you know, so I think it's as much as anything else, like at least with the guys I've talked to, like the move to the NFL now is more pursuit of a lifestyle based on everything that's happened in the college game. Albert Breer on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Almost called you Albert Bell. I have no idea why that would have happened. Albert, um, how many teams, because we got, there were reports that Philly and Dallas both view Bill Belichick as a fallback plan for next year. If, if their situations don't work out, how many teams in the NFL do you think view Belichick as a fallback option for next year? I think it depends on, um, on, on how much Bill wants. And I say that because, and I don't mean money. I mean, like, control, structure, all of that different stuff. And that was sort of what the problems were for him this year, is that if, are you willing to bring in Bill as a executive, as a guy who maybe be the Bill Parcells in Miami? Yeah, you'd be willing to do that. Are you willing to bring in um, Bill Belichick as just the coach? Yeah, you'd be willing to do that. Are you willing to throw him the keys and basically – restructure everything in your organization, reset everything in your organization for Bill. That's where I think the rubber hit the road on on teams really kind of starting to question whether or not they wanted to make a run at him or even involve themselves in it at all. And, uh, you know, I think because of that, like, you know, I think because of that, like, it's sort of, it's a, I would say, I would say, I would say like a lot of teams are going to have to assess where they're at. And Bill's going to have to assess where he's at as far as, you know, what he wants to do and how much he needs um, to get back into coaching. And, um, you know, that stuff I think works itself out over time. Um, but certainly it was a factor in Atlanta. You know, I mean, Barger Plank wanted to hire Bill Belichick. You know, there were other people in the organization that knew what it would mean for them if, um, if Bill wound up there. And, you know, like that, I think, sort of began a campaign against Bill in that building. And in the end, um, Arthur Blank makes the decision. I don't. I don't want to blow up my organization for 24 months or 36 months of Bill. And um, and sure enough, they wind they wind up with a really good option in Raheem. But that's why you know, the Bill thing didn't work out there. And I'd assume those conversations are ones that everybody would have when they're discussing whether or not they want to go after him. Albert, one final one here, bud. Uh, which non-Jim Harbaugh hire generated the biggest buzz in the uh, NFL circles this cycle? Um. Oh, it's funny. Maybe Halfley. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I mean, maybe you know, I, I I would say probably Raheem. Maybe I Mike McDonald's an interesting one because he rose like quickly, and Seattle Seattle was like very iffy on whether or not they were going to be open, and there was an easy answer there in Dan Quinn, and they decided to sort of reset. And bringing a guy who's half Pete Carroll's age, so I'd say Carroll. But I'd say as far as the one that like most are like, yeah, that's that that should work. It's probably Raheem Morris in Atlanta, you know, which is interesting because again, like I think, um, you know, on one hand they blow the chance to have the greatest coach of all time. On the other, I think they might wind up with the best hire out of the cycle. Albert, you're a gentleman in a uh, in a gentlemanly sport. There, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.